0: My story, I, I would definitely say, is one of resilience. I had a lot of no's in my career corporate journey, and when I say that, is I, you know, I, I've had the pleasure to excel to where I am right now, but um, it, it required a lot of pivoting, a lot of lateral moves, a lot of building my own plan as to you know where I wanted to be.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the CC America podcast, a show dedicated to helping others get mentally fit through testimonies of faith, inspiration and transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to another live taping of the CC America podcast. I am your host Tamaria Jordan, and I have the amazing pleasure of welcoming to the CC America stage, a great friend and former colleague, Mrs. Taquanda Hill. TaQuanda Hill is an experienced IT transformation leader with expertise in digital strategy and organizational change management with over 15 years across professional and financial services industries. TaQuanda has worked for major Fortune 500 companies as well as top tier big four consulting firms. TaQuanda currently leads large scale IT transformation programs for Delta Airlines across all IT portfolios and operations. Taquanda has a passion for travel, serving her community, mentoring, leadership development, and is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. (laughs) I love it. Taquanda Hill has attended Norfolk State University, Behold the Green and Gold. She received her Bachelor of Liberal Arts in Political Science with a minor in Public Administration. She holds a double master's in business administration and human resources management. Taquanda Hill was born in New Haven, Connecticut and raised in Virginia Beach, Virginia. She is the oldest of three girls. She is married with three beautiful children and lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She was recently recognized by South Atlanta Magazine for their under 40 spotlight. Taquanda is a servant leader. I consider her an amazing friend, and we previously had the opportunity to work together. So tonight you are in for a treat. So let's talk about it. We're going to be talking about Black women in leadership, diversity, equity, and inclusion corporate strategies. Welcome, Taquanda. Thank you, Tamaria. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to have you, uh, to be available to speak with you on your platform. You're welcome. Well, I am excited to have you here. So we're just going to jump right in. And the first question I always like to ask all of my guests is if you were to meet someone for the first time, who would you say Taquanda Hill is? Taquanda Hill is a thriving
0: thought leader. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's one that, you know, has a strong desire to enact change and leave a legacy
1: in this world. Amazing. And in terms of your life and how you got to where you are, can you tell us a little bit about your journey in corporate America and how you transitioned into the various roles that you have been able to make it into and be able to excel and thrive in so many different ways in your career?
0: Certainly. My story, I I would definitely say is one of resilience, I had a lot of no's in my career corporate journey, and when I say that is, I, you know, I, I've had the pleasure to excel to where I am right now, but um, it, it required a lot of pivoting, a lot of lateral moves, a lot of building my own plan as to you know where I wanted to be, and you know, just the backstory. I like to tell the story of you know my first you know real corporate. Um, and I won't say the company, <laughs> but my first real corporate job, um, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I learned a lot, I spent 13 years there, would never really, I really appreciate the grooming that took place while I was there. But there was a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons of constantly, you know, having to work harder in and, and that particular environment, you always had to, you know, be one step ahead or one step better. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I, I formed my own plan. I don't recommend this, but I went. I got my undergrad degree, went to go work for this company. I had a baby my junior year of college, so it was go to law school or get a job. I decided I need to get a job because Corey has to eat. So from there, um, I got a job. You know, started working there, and you know, through happenstance, I just built a, a somewhat of a, a of a career through there. Um, I got into lead, first exposure of leadership. Um, but also what I wanted to do, I knew what I saw for me, and that was to be a corporate executive woman. I just I hooked on to that from the beginning. There was a woman that I seen at my first job at the bank. I cannot think of her name, but what I can tell you is she always had on a suit and she had her hair was blonde. And every time I seen her, she had a notepad. And she also, I sat in a couple of her trainings, and something about her aura, how she carried herself, it, it just impressed me. And and I told myself internally, I'm gonna be her one day. So from there, you know, I knew I didn't have a plan. And corporate America, unfortunately, as a black woman, you don't always get tapped on the shoulder for with a mentor to sponsor you, to groom you. So you do some things on your own. And what I did was, and I don't recommend this, but it's part of my story: <laughs> is I went back to school accumulated a whole bunch of loans i was like okay i'm gonna get a master's degree so they can't tell me no so (laughs) (laughs) that positioned me a little bit you know it allowed me to get into that leadership door but even within that there were still um there were still opportunities that i felt that i was ready for but for whatever reason you know i was always being told no you have to do this or you don't have to do that so what do i do i go get another master's degree <laughs> at this point you know and you know i think it's important that i share this it's very transparent but you know i look at it now about a hundred thousand <laughs> in debt plus plus of degrees i kept feeling like i had to prove myself mm. Or, you know, be more than and I know everyone hears that I had to be more than qualified more than you know what my other counterparts who probably just had a bachelor's degree and a good mentor from the start from the time they walked in the door. um, They didn't have to go through those things but for me I had to build my own plan and what I did was, you know, I just kept educating myself accumulating more debt taking lateral moves in order to be in a position, I told myself, you're never going to be able to tell me no. So from nice. the, from that, you know, energy, um, that, that is pretty much, you know, the start of my corporate career journey. I, it was trial era being told no. And then I, you know, started telling myself for every no is a better yes. So I just started going for what I wanted, but, you know, I wouldn't recommend my daughter to do the same, <laughs> but it was a, it was a lesson. It was, it was a good life lesson and it helped me to catapult my career my way, not the traditional way, but it was my way. And I, it allowed me to take a lot of lessons and sharpen my toolkit. So, you know, that that's pretty much how I got to where I am right now.
1: I love that. And thank you for your transparency and sharing, because that is so true. And so many people, they see you when you make it, but they don't see like you said, all of the no's that, that you had to hear and all of the different things you may have had to endure throughout your career just to get to the same place that others may have been given, essentially. So when you, talk, when you think about resilience and you talk about how you were able to continue to press forward, what gave you the strength to keep going?
0: And <laughs> I, I don't want to sound cliche, but you know, I knew failure was not an option for me. I also knew that, you know, I wanted to succeed. I saw the life that I wanted and, you know, I went after that. I'll also, you know... I also attribute that to, you know, my my mom, my mom raised strong women. She had three girls and, you know, she was tough. You know, I had a mom that wasn't my best friend. So (laughs) it was just like, okay, you have a baby, you got to make it. You can't go back home and you don't have a trust fund. So therefore you don't have an option. And not only that, my mom also showed us nice things. So with that, I knew I wanted a home. I knew that I wanted a nice life for my kids. So as far as tenacity, it was that that spirit of I, I can't fail. I'm not going to fail. And then right. that view or image of what I saw, of what I wanted. Number one, from the lady that in my bank job that I'm like, OK, she's a boss and I want to be just like her. <laughs> it, was, it suits for me. <laughs> she just she was fly. It was a suit. That was one. And then the other was, you know, I, at that point. The beginning of my career, I had a I had a child, and you know, success was something that I wanted, and it was something inside of me. And I, I said I wasn't going to stop until I got there, and I, I
1: channeled my nose to go harder. Yes, and you know what? You have always inspired me. I remember the days of um, working together and just seeing your tenacity, and you know my story with my nose as well. But just know that. I want to thank you for always encouraging me and also for being a good example of what it means to boss up. So no matter what people say, no matter no matter how many no's, and you said it earlier, that means if there's a no, there's a better yes. And I remember just the the day that I found out that you would be moving on to another opportunity. And I was so excited for you. And I remember saying, that means God is walking around. My blessing is coming soon (laughs) because I was just so thrilled, but you are a great example as well. So the woman that you saw in the suit, you are also the woman in the suit for so many other women who are wondering, how am I going to keep pushing forward? How can I break the glass ceiling? So on this platform, I just want to thank you for being who you are because you have also inspired my journey in a lot of ways. You have no idea. I literally remember that day. I remember that moment. I remember how I felt. And I knew that, you know what? You always encouraged me and you were like better is coming for you as well. So I want to personally thank you. I'm going to give you your rose now, boo. <laughs> well,
0: thank you. And I want to give that back to you because I know our conversations. I remember us sitting in them cubes and, you know, it was, we can say it. It was a CU continuing unit. We yes. were all striving to get that one position, not realizing God had it better for us and that it could just you know everything that he was showing us all those no's all those you know so and so got the job but you didn't and then you know I remember us saying you know wow is that what they told you as far as you know why you didn't get the job exactly us was like they really don't have no excuse but you know as we all look you know in hindsight it's just okay that was our then position that wasn't what God had had for us to stay. He mm-hmm. wanted us to experience it and move on. And maybe it took one of us moving on first. And then if, if you notice, we all just moved we on. Did. And, you know, we're all, all of us that I can think of that, you know, collectively that I still staying engaged with, we're all doing great things, but those experience, it, it almost seemed like that was going to be our forever point you know, the way in which we were reacting. I know I cried a couple of times. I know I've
1: cried. Well, you know, I've cried plenty.
0: It was just like, you know, God was just, you know, sharpening us and we were sharpening each other. And at that moment, you know, I I still remember and it was scary for me because I'll be honest, I had a child. So it was, that was my um, safety blanket. But when I tell you, when I left, that company and went to my next job i couldn't believe the money that they were offering you know (laughs) i couldn't believe the world that was outside of those walls because i was just so focused on that right there. And that's how you know sometimes, you know, God just wants you to trust Him. Yeah. God just wants you to realize that it's always a lesson. And how you choose to react to this lesson is what the outcome would be. If you remain optimistic in chaos and confusion, then it's going to
1: be a blessing at the end. It sure will. And you like you're, you are a testament to that. I, like you said we all are because we were able to to keep going. Um you know, and speaking of which, what role has faith played in your journey overall throughout the years? Hmm. I tell you, it's the
0: one thing. I don't, I'm a Christian, but I don't know all the scriptures, but I know one scripture and that's trusting the Lord with all my heart. Lean not to my own understanding and acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I hooked on to that in some of the darkest times of my life. Um, I hooked on to that scripture and I'm like, if you know one you can mm-hmm. get through so many. So God plays a major role in, in my life. I just believe, you know, I have faith. I do doubt because I'm human, right. but I have faith. Um, and as I'm getting older, I'm 40 now, I can actually say I'm grown now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with that comes patience and being able to really step back, look at your lessons and try not to repeat, you know, thing the mistakes you've made over again, but find the lesson in that, put it in your toolkit, and share it so that you can constantly evolve and be better. So I would say faith plays a major role in my life. Um, having patience, you know, being humble. I think you know, yes. uh, I consider myself to be very humble. I also consider myself to be a servant, and I definitely is it, v- very intentional about giving back. Um, I think that's really important. I guess I know another scripture to whom much much is given, much is required, I hold that very dear to my chest, because God has truly blessed me with all the things, you know, and I don't know if I've shared my story too much, but, you know, coming from a teenage mom, um, my mom had me either 15 or 16, one of them, she was a teenager, um, and my dad was murdered before he was 21 years old, Mm. so, so, you know not to mention I experienced a lot of death you know growing up in the area that I that I live you know with my a close uncle of mine um, being murdered as well so I've seen a lot went through a lot and if you really look at the odds to Kwanda of you know my story I'm, I'm not supposed to be where I'm at and I know that's no one but God.
1: Wow that's so powerful and and to your point, a lot of times people may not know, you know, all of the details and we never know what people have experienced. And the, and, and the unfortunate thing is sometimes people, especially in corporate America and just in life in general, it's the crabs in a barrel syndrome, unfortunately, and people want what they don't have, but they don't know what you went through to get to where you are. So thank you for your transparency and sorry, you know, that you had to go through that because I can only imagine how tough that was for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. And the, the fact that you mentioned resilience, like you are resilient. So what advice would you give to someone who might be going through a tough time and they can't really see their way through at this particular point? I would say, you know, never, never give up hope. And use your story
0: or whatever you're going to to be your fuel to not give up, to keep going, to know that it's better. Um, a lot oftentimes we we soak in our situations and we stay there. But God is telling us to get up because if you get up, you're you'll be able to reach someone else. And you know, there's always hope. You know, especially young girls. I mean, in in these times, and I'm sure you probably know a lot of them are experiencing even sadly, you know, more difficult times than what I've just shared, you know, there, there are individuals that's living in some very, you know, critical, serious situations right now, but there's always hope. Um, and that's where I feel like it's, it's my responsibility, you know, other women, like-minded women like yourself responsibility to reach down and to help you know that's why mentoring is very dear to my heart because i didn't have a mentor i had to try to figure this thing out by myself and i wouldn't say it was the best route but i will say you know i'm i'm successful now and what i what i do but you know if if we have been in those shoes of you know adversity and you know things of such if we can just touch one we're making a difference and because in corporate america it's not many of us that look like us that's in the room. So you all, it's a lonely role to success. I, I, there's someone had shared that. I, I read something about, you know, and it's a quote or something about how lonely it gets when you're trying to get to the top. That's a true saying. And that's in any in mm. industry, especially as you talk about, you know, Black women and leadership in fields such as IT, where you know, a lot of times you're the only one in the room, you're the only voice, you're you're sizing yourself up because you know, that little person on the shoulder is saying, Are you even supposed to be here? Are you good enough? <laughs> and then you find out that you got all the tools within you. And those lessons, they only made you strong. You know, right. being born, you know, to a single mother and you know, experiencing the murder of your father and loss, and you know not not living you know I wouldn't say we were poor but you know lower economic constraints Mm -hmm. or whatever a lot of that stuff makes you question you know am I supposed to be here you you see what Mm -hmm. I'm saying so but once you get to that point and you start getting in the room and you realize I'm more than qualified just my life experience alone amen taught me and made me more strategic than you could ever be (laughs)
1: <laughs> My it's <life>. so
0: true. <laughs> Chess, not checkers. Exactly. I, I told someone recently. I'm like, you know, strategy better than a black woman. I'm sorry. We strategizing from the time we come out of our parents' womb, all the way up in time, all the way up and you know, all the way through up. So we, we own the word strategy.
1: They try to use it as a, use it against us. <laughs> right, own- you need to be more strategic. <laughs> exactly, that is it, right? <laughs> like, what does that mean? How but- specifically do I need to be more strategic? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> But yeah, so definitely I say giving back and making sure we're reaching down um, and we're bringing other women along. is very important to me.
1: I love that. So speaking of bringing other women along, and we're talking about moving the needle and really how companies can be more diverse and have more equity and inclusion, what are some of the strategies that you recommend to help companies and also to help individuals move that needle and really... Value their employees and be able to see, like you said, the strategy, or actually even be able to understand the benefits of having diverse perspectives in the room and at the table.
0: Wow. So it's so, it's so much. But the first thing I would definitely say is we have to keep talking about it. We have to be transparent with ourselves as well as with our leadership teams. If you have the, if you are in a position to hire, you have to you know, be willing, as Black women, to um, bring along other women. Um, representation is key. But more importantly than, than ever, is we have to get more disruptive. We have to call it out. You know, if we're sitting there and, and you, we see that you know, it's the same faces, um, there's not diversity you know, in, at the table, we have to call it out and we have to question why. We have to start having those tough conversations. We have to start looking at the candidate pools because statistics show that African American women are the highest educated race at this point. We hold more um, master's degrees than any other race, so it's not a it's not a um, qualification issue anymore. It's really the behaviors in which we um, hire our hiring practices. So, therefore, you know, I would say if you're in position to hire then you 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 need to hold yourself accountable and you need to start asking questions. And then also as you get um, further along at that you know, senior leadership level, we need to start calling it out. Because to your point, you know, yes. if, if we're not receiving, if we're not having a diverse perspective and we're used to seeing just white men at the table, or even now, you know, brown, brown people at the table and saying that we're diverse. And you know that you know there's no one else that looks like you. There's not a Tamiria. There's not a Taquanda. Then we want to ask why, because the answer is not qualifications, and we couldn't find anyone. That excuse is no is no longer relevant. So we need to start asking the difficult conversation, and we need to disrupt. And when I say disrupt, it's no different than you know get into some good trouble, we need to start disrupting behaviors that have been accepted and tolerated and start challenging that in a good way to say, there are candidates out here, why aren't we hiring? Why doesn't anyone look
1: like me, but me in this room? That is a a great point. Wow, you said a, a lot and they are very important points. And I think when we think about history and we even think about how things that we've seen and experienced, a lot of times, I think people are afraid to disrupt. So it's like technology. When Steve Jobs and Bill Gates started talking about the technologies that they thought of way back when, it was disruptive. But because people didn't understand it, it took them a while to grasp on. And there are so many things now, so many things that it, throughout history that African-Americans have created that disrupted history but oftentimes that disruption gets covered. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you wonder, do people really hear? And, And I guess my question is how do you ensure that when we are disrupting those spaces and we're having those conversations that it goes beyond that room? Or beyond that individual, because I know you and I both, we've had conversations in in different places and, you know, asked really good questions, but sometimes it doesn't go beyond that because everyone's not ready for that level of disruption. Right. If you follow where I'm going with that, it's like, it's, it's great. I think we should definitely have the conversation, but how do we push past the conversation to the change? It's like right now, I feel like there's so many diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations um, and there's statements being made, but is the change happening behind the scenes? Is the payroll being evaluated? Are the same benefits being provided? For instance, relocation. Mm -hmm. Are we giving the same benefits to everyone? And student debt. Are we providing the same tuition reimbursement assistance? So all of these things. What do you think we can do to move it beyond the conversation as well? So one to get them to listen, and then two, to get the change or the ball rolling as it relates to change. The great point, great point. And you know, we recently
0: had this discussion within my company. You know, is it a moment or a movement? And we want a movement. Because we, with the movement, then, you know, we, we are organizing around it. We are putting true strategies together that we can execute against actions. Um, so really tying your strategic init- initiative to your business, whether it's your business OKRs or your KPIs, that's where you hold individuals accountable. And again, to your point, oftentimes, you know, you can, you can, raise, you can raise it, you can be disrupted, but how do you know that? Can you measure it? Can you see it? So that's where, you know, where no one can really, and this is what I what I struggle with a little bit is you know your diversity issues. Everyone comes with different diversity issues. We know that, that's clear. You know, you have our LGBTQ community right. that, that's there to their heart. You have women in leadership, that's there. You have, um, you, know, black, you know, Black, African-Americans, That's another issue. Then, you you know, there's a span of them. But what you have to do is you have, you, you can't boil the ocean with everything. So you have to, you know, find out what the big rocks are within your organization. And even if it's some quick wins, meaning if representation is your issue, then put, organize and put some strategies around representation, whether that's in our hiring practices. If we see trends, um, do we need to have auditing? Do we need to have measures? Do we need to have step goals on, you know, who we hire? And Do we need to develop a sponsorship program to close the gap in re- representation? Those are some meaningful, you know, quick, um, actionable items that, that we can do. Now you raise a good point as far as pay. that is one where you know that may if if we're being honest that may take a little time however as women and as educated women i like to say we need to be accountable and start owning our careers there's this thing out there called google if you go online (laughs) (laughs) what salaries are out there that are comparable and we need to stop shying away from salary discussions i'm gonna just Go on record to say, a really great point. White men talk about how much money they want to make. As black women, we feel like we take just what they give us. No, 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 no. To your point, when you're negotiating a salary, ask about that relocation. Ask about helping to pay my house off because they do that too. Ask about student loan. We are going to have to educate ourselves because if we're waiting for them to do some huge corporate initiatives to change all of our salaries equal to everyone else, I personally think it does not happen. It, it, will, it, it will not happen probably in our time, maybe in our daughter's time, it will. <laughs> exactly.
1: But
0: if we wanna talk about the now, we're gonna have to start getting comfortable even within our community as African-American women to call each other, hey, Tamaria, I just got a job offer. They're trying to offer me 150000 Do you think that's reasonable? We, right. we shy away from that. But I will tell you, Bill, he's calling Fred and he's going to say, Fred, so-and-so offered me 150000 Was that reasonable? What else should I you know, ask for? We don't do that.
1: That is so true.
0: <laughs> we don't do that. We shy away from those conversations. And I believe they know, you know we kind of shy because we always question it whether we're good enough, but we've already removed the barrier of education. We can compete. We have a competitive advantage in education. So we should be going after it all. The payroll, the salary, the relocation, the stock options, all of it is comparable to where you are. Now, again, that depends on where you are in your career. As you're moving up the higher levels, your overall compensation package, you have more reach. You have more things to negotiate. If you're entry level, you might not have as much reach, but you do have your friend Google to look at what they're hiring at the next um, at the next company across from you to do a comparison.
1: You bring up a lot of great points, and it reminds me of what you said earlier about one breaking down that barrier of not thinking that you belong in the room or at the table, because even for me. I will admit, I have been nervous in my career to ask for what I think I deserve. And I found that I will, if I find out later on that I'm underpaid, that's when I'm like, oh, I deserve more. But it's not like I go in the door feeling like I deserve more, knowing what I bring to the table. So I think that is a struggle for a lot of people, especially like women in general. I think it's a struggle because we... Based on history um, and what we feel about ourselves, or maybe experiences, or being told no, or being told, you know, you don't have the qualifications or you don't have the skills, or whatever we've been told, we start to internalize. And after a while, you start to believe it. But to your point earlier, we have to be willing to break that barrier. Once we break that barrier, and I remember you telling me a long time ago, You have to get to the point where they cannot tell you no. So you helped me in a lot of ways again, because you know what I did? I did go back to school because every job I looked at required me to have a certain level of education. And I said, well, education will not stop me. Now what's next? Experience will not stop me. And I I promise you that came from you because I remember our many conversations and you encouraged me and and you said, don't let them tell you no you check the box before you apply. Mm-hmm. So that it's impossible for them to tell us no again. <laughs> so I remember that. And literally from that day forward, and I remember the year, it was 2011. Mm-hmm. I started checking off my boxes and I said, the same way that we need to get education in order to get to the next level i'm going to use this time to get the experience because i need that as well so i i thank you (laughs) and and you're right we should be having the conversations and doing the work so hats off what is one personal affirmation that you live by you are
0: more than enough i I mean and i'm reading it as i you know more than enough destined for greatness The one recently that I I actually put the sticky here, (laughs) Fulfilled Unleashed Risk-Taker Who Lives on Purpose.
1: I read this every day. I love it. That's awesome. And you know, one thing that I did not get a chance to mention earlier that I would definitely love to mention now is that Taquanda is also one of four co-founders of the Fortitude Collective. So hopefully one day in the future, I'll be able to interview the wonderful ladies of the Fortitude Collective. They recently hosted a event and I'd love for Takonda to tell us more about the Fortitude Collective and also the types of events that they will be sponsoring to really help empower the community and mentor women.
0: Sure, definitely. So the Fortitude Collective, it was a conversation where, you know, one of the founders, she called and was like, hey, you know, I really want to put together a conference. And, you know, I feel like, you know, we should get a group of women to see if, you know, to speak about, you know, the things that we go through. And, you know, we started having some phone calls and one of the founders, Um, We were kind of stuck on, you know, just talking about how showing up in the room and being prepared and knowing that you have the tools, but still trying to um, question, you know, whether or not you should be there. And then we all, you know, kind of hooked on the, I brought my chair and I brought my chair is really, it's a battle cry for women who have a seat at the table to say, you know, I brought my chair, even if they didn't invite you, I brought it. And when I show up, I show up ready, able to deliver and empowered. Um, So that's sort of our platform. Um, We had our first conference virtual during the pandemic. And we had a a little over 100 women show up, which was very exciting. We're in the process now of starting our planning season. season. Um, We did our conference in February, we're actually going to be doing another one this uh, February 2022, which should be in person. And we're also looking to do more po- podcasts, but our goal is to bring an army of women that's ready and equipped, that's, you know, willing to bring other women along to show that, you know, we're here and, you know, we, we're bringing our chairs and we're bringing our chairs ready and equipped to own every space that we occupy.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. That just, oh, I love it. And the way that you said it just gave me chills. I'm like, okay, yes. Yes, Fortitude Collective. And I love the name. So I am really excited um, to hear more about what you all are doing and to be able to support you all in any way that I can to get the word out. So before we wrap up tonight's show, I do want you to share with our guests how they can get in contact with you and also how they can connect with the Fortitude Collective.
0: Sure. Sure. So I'll start with the Fortitude Collective. We do have uh, Instagram. It's the fort- It's at the Collective.com. So that's one of our social media handles. We also have a Facebook handle where it's Fortitude Collective. Um, so definitely, um, we do need to do a, a little bit better with posting, but um, we're working on operationalizing our, our brand so that we can, you know, have more of that. But that is one way that you can reach us. And then as far as myself, Taquanda. Um, Taquanda Hill. I, I keep it simple. I go by my full names, the story behind that. I'll share that later. <laughs> um, but you if you just um my IG handle is at at Quan,
1: at Taquanda Hill. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well as Facebook. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight. And I know that this will be a blessing for our listeners. I know this has been a blessing for me and a good reminder to keep going no matter what challenges we may face because we belong in the room as well. And I think once we remove that barrier, the sky is the limit. So I just thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and encourage our listeners um, wherever they are and whoever they are, that no matter what life has dealt them, that they can continue to move forward. They can continue to elevate and find purpose and meaning and be able to give back. So I just appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you. And on that note, good people, have a blessed evening. Good night. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CC America podcast. We appreciate you tuning in week after week and joining us for stories of faith, inspiration, and transformation. So that you never miss an update, please subscribe at www.ccamericapodcast.com. You can also follow us on all of our social media platforms at CC America, LLC. You can also just search for CC America on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by this show. If so, please don't hesitate to share the episodes or let people know that you are listening so that they too can be inspired. We appreciate your support and until next time, be blessed.